How familiar would you guys say you are with the Sex in the City gals? Um, fairly. Very. Very. Okay, great. Do you have any issue with me saying Charlotte is a Hufflepuff, Miranda is a Ravenclaw, Carrie is a Slytherin, and Samantha is a Gryffindor? Yeah, that's, that's actually really good. That tracks. Yeah. Wow, Samantha is a, is a Gryffindor. That's uh. Yeah, that one took a second. It was the mm. Carrie and Samantha that were the uh, harder ones to place. Yeah. Um, but Carrie is so Slytherin. Anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> She's a terrible okay. person. Beautiful. Moving on. Continuing completed classics. Fulfilling failed franchises. Reinvigorating reviled rehashes. It's the follow-up showdown with Paul Gates, Travis McMaster, Hello and welcome to the follow-up showdown to Nerds in Quarantine, where we give worthy second chapters to stories that don't have them. I am your host, Paul Getz, and if this is the first time you're tuning in, the way it works is we take a movie with no sequel, or a sequel that leaves its viewers unfulfilled, and one by one do our darndest to come up with a better continuation. Travis and Lauren will not be joining us today because we have got a full house of gorgeous guests here to talk about today's movie, 2010's Sex and the City 2. And those guests are, one at a time, not her first time on the show, but her first time as an official guest, comedian, writer, my girlfriend, Kim Seltzer. Oh, sorry, once I introduce each of you just to get this out of the way, hit me with uh, which character you are on the show. Okay, so Kim Seltzer. I'm a Miranda meets Big. Comedian extraordinaire, Aaliyah Kamalova. Hi, yes, um, Charlotte. Ex Miranda, like both combined. Okay. I think we decided, I don't want to spoil it, but I think we decided we all have a little bit of Miranda. Some more than others. Okay. Okay. So then we also have failed comedian and future Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Anika Miller. Hi. Uh, I think I'm actually just a pure Miranda. I, I think there's no, there's no crossing there. And finally, actress, supermodel, and future EGOT winner, uh, <laughs> Marina Miller. Hi, everyone. I'm a um, Charlotte slash Carrie. I used to think I was more Carrie, but after watching these two movies, I think I'm more of a Charlotte now. Mm-hmm. I had a, a similar sort of identity crisis uh, with these movies because I used to my, think of myself as a pure Steve. But mm-hmm. um, after what happens with Steve in the first one, I, I was not okay with that. And uh, Kim helped me to realize that I am a Steve uh, Charlotte, the Steve Charlotte, mm-hmm. which I'm totally yeah. fine with. Oh, mm, that's a great combo. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, uh, getting right into it, let's let's start by talking about the first movie, Sex in the City, the 2008 classic. Well, what are your thoughts? I wouldn't call it a classic. I mean, it's unique. <laughs> I Or I felt as I was watching it, and this was my first time seeing it, as... I would tell anyone who was going to watch it to just turn that off and watch a few episodes <laughs> instead. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. I would say it was about three episodes worth of, of show. It's got to be more than that. It's got to be... Yeah. Six, they try to really have like an arc for each character within 
a two like basically like two and a half hour film i think it was like or just over two hours just so long it, it's crazy like they try to give time to all the characters to have their own adventures but ultimately don't or they just kind yes. of like focus on one and then forget the others i would argue that all of the actual plot comes at the beginning and the end yeah. <laughs> speaking of which sorry um to interrupt the flow here, but uh, this we're is a, really rolling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a good time for me to uh, serve as the Travis today and do the two minutes describing what happens in both of these movies. Two You got the timer there. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Go. Okay, Sex in the City. Carrie is a well-known author who is getting married to her boyfriend, Big. Uh, because of her celebrity, the wedding becomes a, a big event that the groom isn't comfortable with, causing him to jilt her at the altar. Uh, her friend Miranda, her husband, cheats on her, uh, and she leaves him uh, for a spell. Charlotte, uh, her other friend, gets pregnant. Uh, uh, her friend Samantha is uh, with her boyfriend, Smith. At the end of the movie, Carrie forgives Big. Charlotte has the baby, Miranda forgives Steve, and Samantha breaks up with Smith. In the middle, Carrie has an assistant, played by Jennifer Hudson, who moves to New York to fall in love. She does, and then she leaves New York. Next in the city, too. Uh, Carrie and Big, Wait, uh, Carrie's on, worried about... You forgot oh, Mexico. Yeah. I have a whole girl's trip to Mexico. Okay, oh, there's okay. a girl's trip to Mexico to make Carrie feel better about the jilting at the altar. Uh, Sex and the City 2, um, uh, Carrie is worried about her and Big becoming a, a boring married couple. Uh, Miranda hates her job and quits it. That's it. Uh, Charlotte uh, is worried that uh, her husband's going to cheat with their brawless nanny. Uh, Samantha uh, gets a, a free trip to Abu Dhabi, brings all the girls along. While she's in Abu Dhabi, she is deemed um, too... Uh, sexual, and they kind of get kicked out of Abu Dhabi. While they're there, Carrie runs into her ex-boyfriend, Aiden. They kiss, and nothing comes of it. In the end, her and Big are fine, and that's it, right? Oh, only a minute 27, 28. That's oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, okay. You did it. Well, there's not a lot of plot in these movies, I guess. The <laughs> And they're both two-plus hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is no editing that seemed to happen. The, the movies were yeah. just made to, for the visual of it, right? Like, just for the clothes, just for like gorgeous architecture, and then love letter to New York. Those are like the three pillars that both the movies are built on. And then like, let's try to stretch out stuff from the show to put on top of it plot wise. But in both movies, they leave New York. Like, yeah. that's where all the plot happens, but they leave the plot. And then yeah, I don't back know to that I plot. get love letter to New York. No, the well, love letter to New York is the first five minutes. When they have the special, <laughs> oh, okay. He's New York Sex in the City remix song. Did you hear that yeah. in the off the second movie? Oh yeah, um, yeah. So then, yeah, then I agree. It does just kind of um, drop after that. Although I would say I was more obsessed with the remix song at the beginning of the first one, "Super Califragia Sexy." <laughs> um, that was that song was called like labels and something and then she works it into her dialogue and she's like there's two things women love oh, yeah. oh labels love, and love love, love. Oh, I know. yeah that's what it was called <laughs> according to the prime amazon prime like uh fun facts tab <laughs> oh speaking of fun facts i mean i i have fun facts but i'm gonna let you prompt me when you want one one that's at the surface just boiling so i, I want to hear it <laughs> so okay cool one. 
Yeah, there's just one. Can you say a fun fact, one for each of us, based on our personalities as the characters? Ooh, okay, based on your character personalities. Okay. You were big Miranda? Yeah. Okay. So for you, Kim, and we'll spread these out over the course of the episode. Mm-hmm. I'm just yeah. going to do this one for now. This may, this may be the first movie to feature an iPhone. That's not 100% Whoa. confirmed, but Maybe. it is at least one of the first. Even I love none that of the scene where Carrie's like, I don't know how to use this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> which actually, Paul and I talked about this the whole time we were watching, which was that for some reason, Carrie's phone has tape all on it. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Yeah. No, and I was a little confused. I think that part might have been one of the only scenes that had been edited out. Like, I think it's just supposed to it symbolize how, how just like such a writer she is. She's like, I don't, I have a broken phone. <laughs> I don't care. I'd rather. I'd rather use a pen. Ever heard of one? I think that's what they were trying to convey. Yeah. I looked into this because I was obsessed with it. Because it was hideous. I was like, every time they brought up the phone, I was like, why is there, there it's just so obviously tape all over it. And while we were in the course of the movie, the only thing I could come up with was, oh, it's so you don't feel bad when she throws it right. away. In the ocean. <laughs> but <laughs> otherwise you feel devastated. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I was almost waiting for that phone to, like, make an appearance on the coast somehow of New York, and, like, it washes <laughs> oh. like, the fountain. Yeah. It really zoomed in on it in the water, yeah. and I was thinking, like, where where is it going? But it never, never came. Like, it found its way home, mm-hmm. possibly. Well, maybe, yeah. well, we should have put that into our sequel. We should have. Yeah. <laughs> hey, oh, there's you still can, time. You still can. We haven't heard it. out of the pictures yet. <laughs> I already wrote it. We've committed. Oh, okay. <laughs> Apparently, the real reason that that phone has tape on it is writer-director Michael Patrick King wanted to use the phone that she had in the series, but wanted to show that time had passed. So they put (laughs) tape on it. (laughs) Um, Which, to me, I mean, I guess I understand your point about her being a writer, but to me, it is an accessory type of phone because it's all bejeweled and stuff. So it doesn't seem like something Carrie would do, just walk around with a duct-taped phone. I also think... It is clear time has passed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. on the phone to show us that. Uh, the writer-director of this movie, Michael Patrick King, the head writer of the series, co-creator of The Comeback, and also Two Broke Girls. I have a couple weird notes about him. He insisted and scheduled this movie so that it would be shot in exactly 69 days. And also, for the auction scene where Samantha tries to buy her ring... Uh, he really wanted for her number to be 69, but the prop department didn't have that available, but, so it became 969. That's crazy that the prop department refused <laughs> to make that. Yeah. The that's what I thought, too. It's like, that's their whole job. I mean, a paddle is wood and, a, and paper. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. They all, you know what they did? A printer. They just needed a printer. But I guess that just, like, with the way Two Broke Girls is written and Sex in the City, I guess he just loves sex jokes to be that fixated on something like that. He's a Samantha. Yeah. Oh, right. I guess that's true. Yeah. Didn't he do the second one as well, Paul? Because I felt like it was even more blatant in the second one. Yes, he, yes, he did. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, the only actor's note I had on the first movie is other people considered to play Louise, the Jennifer Hudson character. Kelly Rowland? Roland. Roland, Roland. sorry. Mm. Roland, show um, some respect. And Beyonce. Oh. Beyonce? That would have been a whole movie. Yeah. Which, Why'd they need to see her? 
That would have been awesome. Yeah, exactly. That's my question is all three actresses, including one who got it, are singers. And that <laughs> character doesn't song at the I think at the ending credits, right? Played over. Is that the only reason they needed a singer as the assistant? So they could like I mean, I guess that's true, except for they don't make it clear that that's who's singing that song. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even realize that actually. Um she actually also did the uh song at the end for the end credits of two, the uh true colors into your colors, which Mm -hmm. was her song. I I said to Kim Kim at some point during the movie that the character Louis Saint Louise from St. <laughs> Louis might as well be a ghost in Carrie's head. I mean it doesn't mm-hmm. change the plot one yeah, way or another. Yeah, she does not interact with any single other person. <laughs> the only interaction with Carrie and she just helps Carrie get her life together. Yeah. yeah. And then leaves. Also, she does that and it's no fun whatsoever. <laughs> Like if they had her meet the girls, or they, or you actually watched her meet that guy, and like <laughs> get to know that guy, that would have been kind of nice. Okay, Paul, but but Carrie bought her at least two drinks. Okay, so yeah. like, <laughs> I, I think I think Carrie was drinking for two that night. Yeah, um, I think yeah. she was just for herself, and that was all sort of a dialogue in her head. And she also bought herself that purse at the end. <laughs> Yeah. And that's why she said it was money well spent. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because it made her so happy. It was a gift for herself because she got her life together after being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like that character could have just been like an anthropomorphized version of her, like taking meds or something. Like it's not a real person, but it's her getting her life together and like using an actual like coping mechanism instead of, I guess, just like sleeping. Um, but yeah, there was no purpose for her to be there other than like Actually, she was a delightful yeah. character but i do believe there's evidence that uh saint louis is a figment of curious imagination because in the first movie and correct me if i'm wrong but i believe that jennifer hudson's character has the keychain that just says love on it and in the mm-hmm. second movie carrie has that keychain on her keys but she gives it to her oh yeah. right because love is the thing you know <laughs> yeah. She goes, I already found mine. Also, they pronounced St. Like, Louis differently yeah. like, each time. So it was like St. Louis, St. Louis, St. Louise, obviously a play on her name, but it was yeah. like they never said it, I feel like, the same <laughs> one way. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 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 And at the same time, not interesting. at the same time so boring (laughs) but she's just a figment of her imagination she didn't have her medication levels correct yeah so she started pronouncing cities (laughs) different ways and you know one thing led to another it honestly makes more sense for her to be spiritual representation of Carrie's healing because you don't see Carrie change or struggle at all I mean she's depressed for a while and then it's just kind of like the movie happens and she talks to Louise. And then at the end, a coincidence, as big as big being there when Charlotte's water breaks, is what gets them in a situation where they can see each other at all. And by then, she's already forgiven him. So you don't get to see any part of the process. Yeah, she didn't learn. No one learns anything. Yeah, I will I know, say, she that I think moment she might at the bar, the website, and set that up. If if Louise is a ghost, then Carrie yeah. put her mind to figuring out how to put a website together. And great point. That's, okay. such, a That's such a lawyer way of thinking. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point. Oh, the only other thing I can think 
to bring up for fun about the first movie, when Steve shows up at the party to talk to Miranda and Charlotte goes and gets him and then Miranda gets mad and talks to Big and sets off the whole domino chain. In that scene, when Charlotte goes and gets Miranda, we were, I mean, Kim was specifically saying that she would say, I would say, is it an emergency? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you'd at least ask what it's about. It's like, well, actually, we're celebrating the engagement of our friend, and if you know us <laughs> at all, that's the only thing we care about. <laughs> so, it's actually crazy you're here. Well, what a different movie it would have been if she hadn't let him in yeah. the party, or she hadn't gotten Miranda. I yeah. guess, but it's like, I still don't blame Miranda. Right. <laughs> Big sort of throughout the whole series, TV series, has proved himself not to be the best guy. I hate Big. I hate Big. (laughs) No way he knows how to cook a dinner like that, nor would he. (laughs) Also, where does the closet come from? He makes it. He says he made it. Yeah, but did he cut into another room that exists? Oh, right. Okay. (laughs) Have you ever read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Kim? No. Mm. What do you think? Magic. No, no. Basically is the answer. <laughs> no, exactly. I think it was an, another magic. piece of magic. If you yeah. actually look at the movie, there's a lot of magic in them. <laughs> I, I did have a couple things to add to the first movie. If, mm-hmm. if that's Oh, please. Uh, yeah. One, Carrie would never have picked out the suit wedding dress. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. Great point. Yeah. Also, <laughs> the point where she asks big about like have you ever written me a love letter and then he's like does a love fax count and i was just imagining him sending her on a fax machine like love letters and yeah and then she was like no you haven't this seems like a good a good transition for me to share this fun fact the love letters of great men book that is such a symbolic thing in their relationship did not exist Uh, it was a made up for the movie and then yeah. after this movie came out, there was such high demand for it that uh, they had to make one and release it in tandem with the uh, wow. DVD. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know what? The fact that the prop department could make a fake book cover and <laughs> <laughs> the and suddenly they didn't want to have the 69 joke in there. They, we used the last of our printer paper on the book. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, ink. You know how expensive ink is? <laughs> I want to talk about in the first movie how Stanford is in tons of scenes. Maybe one One line line is one one line. line. Yeah, and it's not a laugh line. It's just something (laughs) like, where? (laughs) I I noticed that he was in a lot of scenes and that he really wasn't getting any uh, actual lines, any any character development, literally anything. (laughs) Poor guy. Yeah. I mean, he got, they, they represented him in the second one pretty heavily at, at the front. A lot about him. I, yeah. I will say, Samantha being in LA the entire first movie, it's just like every time she enters a scene, there has to be a reunion scene, like where they're just like, oh my God, you're here. It's like, like she yeah. flew in, but she seems like she flew in every weekend she's like at all their events like still going to dinners with them hasn't missed a single thing <laughs> but yeah they always have a moment of like oh my god she's like it's <laughs> <laughs> also re- it's re- it really felt weird that they pack up carrie's whole apartment and then she gets it back and then keeps it 
for the rest of the movie and through the second movie mm-hmm. as well. So, like, to, to have left it at all is... I'd say every single thing they do with her apartment in both movies makes no sense. In yeah. the second movie, the idea that the agreement they come up with is that Big will go stay in her apartment for two days a week. When it's literally like, what worked was she went. Well, also, well, yeah. Because he would watch TV. It's like, well, does she have a TV in her apartment? (laughs) (laughs) Also, I, Kim didn't have a problem with this. I had a problem with the fact that in the second movie, she says she goes there sometimes to visit the clothes only because if literally all she's ever doing is looking at them, she should donate them. No, I don't think that's part of her character. Oh, okay. I think she appreciates clothing. She should put it in her massive yeah. closet that they yeah. have. Like four times the size of my New York studio. Her, yeah. her, her walk-in closet. <laughs> or like five, six times. Yeah, six times. Yeah. <laughs> so the high heels, the blue peacock high heels that are the thing she goes back for at the end of the first one. Uh, do you know, how, how do I pronounce this guy's name? Manolo, Manolo Blonick? Yeah. yeah. So the sales of those heels skyrocketed because of this movie, and the designer was really annoyed. He is quoted as saying, we had a very good year last year thanks to those stupid satin shoes. If people talk about sex in the city to me one more time, I get sick. Oh, man. That sounds very ungrateful. He wants it to be high fashion and exclusive, and it became too too inclusive, I guess. (laughs) Well, the last uh, fun fact I have from the first one is that in the scene where Miranda is looking for a new apartment in Little Hungary, I think they call it. Also, okay. just weird moment of being like, follow the white man. That's where we need to oh, go. Oh, I know. I oh, know. No, that was, that was, I, we were both cringing and I was embarrassed for them. Yeah. I mean, and as crazy front to back as the second one is, we'll get into that in a minute, mm-hmm. but that moment plus sh- Charlotte has Sorry, a moment in Mexico. Mexico. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I get that was always part of the show. So yes. it's not a sin exclusive yeah, being to these problematic. movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when they go, when they, when Charlotte or Miranda goes to see her new apartment in old Hungary, the two moving men, that say coming or going as they walk as they walk by. Uh, one of those is Lin Manuel Miranda um, oh, of Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> he was in the crow too when he was starting out. Oh really? Oh yeah. Didn't Lin Manuel Miranda play like a bellhop or something in the show? Or is that from Sopranos? Maybe he's friends with MP- MPK. I think he might Maybe. be an MPK guy. He might be like in that crew. Yeah. <laughs> The MBK Tourage. Oh, to be in Okay, so then moving into the movie we're here to uh, improve upon, uh, hopefully, Sex in the City 2. The first one got a 71% Rotten Tomatoes score. Uh, does anyone want to guess the second one's score? 42. 18. Uh, 31. 16. So Marina Good. got the closest. Yeah. <laughs> I I was so shocked whenever I was looking back on both films trying to like organize because I watched the first one last night and the second one like earlier today. So Mm. it really it was difficult for me to suss out what happened in what movie because I thought about the Liza Minnelli part of like full dance sequence and I was like, was that the same movie where they spend an entire like 
trip to the Middle East. Like, that was crazy to me. It's like, I can't believe that happened from the same movie. Well, here's the thing. The Middle East part, that doesn't happen until, like, an hour into the movie. Yeah, it's halfway through. I mean, and that's, both movies have, they go, it's like you watch six different mm-hmm. episodes, episodes of the show, yeah. yeah. Actually, the first movie specifically is, like, <laughs> there's, like, season markers, like, every time the season changes. It's, like, it starts in what I think is summer, and then it goes through fall, you see Charlotte getting more pregnant, and then winter, and then they go to, like, spring fashion week, so it's, like, a full year passes, and we watch the entire year. There's no leap whatsoever. And so this one was equally as long, but within one season, presumably, of like... A, a month, yeah, I guess. Month. Because they said yeah. they were yeah. going on the trip in three weeks. Right. right. Yeah, and they're only there for a week or less. Well, two days, or three days, or <laughs> three something. Days? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I was very confused about the time frame in Alibaba. It seemed like it was taking a long time, and they were only there for two days or something. Well, and this is jumping ahead, but when they go back home uh, and a part of Carrie's narration is and it turns out Big wasn't there to pick me up at the airport. I was thinking you came home like a week early or something, <laughs> right? I mean yeah, <laughs> yeah. that they had to, you know, basically like flee from the country. Which all played for laughs. That's the other thing. I think, yeah. yes, the second one is like completely problematic, you know, in every possible way, but it's like if they just moved the focus of it a little bit and made it about how wrong they are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. not, I mean, they are trying to make some good points in there, but like, if they also pointed out that they're acting insane, it really would go a long way to ease. There was some one of the- moment at the wedding where Charlotte was like, shouldn't we be more PC? And yeah. I was like, oh, this yeah. is the first time they're even getting close to calling out, like questioning themselves. And then immediately yeah. it's followed up with a joke, and then the rest of the movie really doubles down the other way. It's well, oh. so crazy how many times in the first three minutes they say gay wedding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It, like, one of my favorite, I kept a, a running list of favorite worst lines, um, and I think one of them was, I think it was Miranda saying, whenever there's this much gay energy in a room, like, Eliza Minnelli just appears. The writer, yeah. The writing of it was like, I mean, we got to work it in. Why is she here? Why did we give her a 10 minute dance performance? <laughs> like, and it was just that is lies because there's gay energy. <laughs> yeah, I was bringing up to Paul how long that, that song seemed. Oh, man. going to be performing, uh, which ends in the most confusing way. Yeah, what yeah. was that, what was that line? Joke. It was literally something like, like just then- wait. Or something like yeah. that. Like, it made no sense. And everyone is going crazy. And I was like, what? Right. Really out of the loop on it. She was like, in the middle of the and then she's like, oh, oh, oh. I thought she was yeah. going <laughs> to was was gonna have a stroke on it. I thought that was like, Liza Minnelli was going to die at the yeah. level. <laughs> no. That would have been on par with the rest of the movie. Yeah. Well, and just killed her for no reason. Kim <laughs> talked about how long that was. But, I mean, I was so appreciative of Liza's time. In mm-hmm. terms of doing that, I was like, okay, they got her here to do this. Let's see it. You know, I, yeah. I was like, impressed by her. The fact that yeah. they gave yeah. her so much time was insane because <laughs> I don't like when any movie has like a full musical performance in it if it's not a musical. And, and once, two, and once again, three. not <laughs> the one without Jennifer Hudson. 
<laughs> yeah. had multiple musical moments. Yeah, yeah really one with for us and none. You know what I believe the point, quote unquote, of the second movie was like the the greater idea, I think, is what they were trying to convey is like, look at how restricted this patriarchal culture is in Abu Dhabi. The four of us American women are going to go on stage, sing about being independent women, and actually (laughs) that'll unite all the women here. And guess what? We're all the same because we all wear Louis Vuitton at the end of the day. (laughs) the actual purpose of like the weird political like incorrectness <laughs> that they were yeah. dishing out one, one of the craziest parts was um when they just at the end of the movie have samantha having sex in front of yeah. the fireworks that oh. was just like <laughs> very patriotic to now have sex in public. <laughs> to me the ending of the second one felt just like the ending of an episode the ending yeah. of the first one felt like the ending of a movie, and the ending of the second one was like, oh, yeah, the, the end of all their storylines, one, two, three, four. You yeah, know, maybe credits. it's the finale versus mm-hmm. a movie ending. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I do uh, want to say, I think that the first hour of the second movie, before they get into Abu Dhabi, I think is better than the first movie. Because I feel like... Oh, okay. well, I feel like Carrie. I feel like actually all the characters are more themselves than they are in the first movie. Mm-hmm. The first movie, I feel like Carrie's personality actually makes no sense. Like, she's acting as if she doesn't know Big at all when she's becomes obsessed with the wedding, and then is surprised when he doesn't care about it. In the second movie, it's like, oh, it's like actually sort of an interesting them like a complex in issue that they're having. Right. And yeah. if I just didn't go to Abu Dhabi. Yeah, it would have been <laughs> so much better. I wish we had more Aiden because I really liked him from the series, and it was the just use- so funny that he was even dropped into this movie <laughs> at all. Yeah, <laughs> it became like a actually it didn't really nothing really happen except strengthen her relationship. Like it yeah. revealed no flaws in the relationship, and the only flaw was that she didn't have a wedding ring. Was actually, the flaw. Well, what I think it does is that um, it sort of forgives her for cheating on him in the series. Because, like, well, now he's cheating on his wife and he has three sons, so I yeah, guess it, he's just it, as bad. It tarnishes Aiden. <laughs> oh, it does. And it also, I mean, like, you don't, I thought that there was going to be, because I had seen this movie before, I didn't remember a lot of it, but I thought that there was going to be a scene where they talked again after the kiss, but it really just leaves him in a in a dark, sad At- place. Yeah. He has yeah. to go home and face Homer, Wyatt, and Jake, or whatever. His three sons yeah. and his beautiful wife, Kathy, that yeah. she knows, apparently. Um, yeah, that's rough. It would have been nice to bring back a little bit more of their dynamic. For it to be two and a half hours and have that part of the movie be so slight, mm-hmm. even for the sake of the plot, reminding her of what worked would have been helpful. But instead, they cheapened it, and actually, we got one of our favorite worst quotes from that date night scene with Aiden. Yeah. Which, Anika, you're not like other women, but you look good. I'm sorry, but you do. <laughs> Yo, that was like he had... And I was like, and then what he goes, after that, he goes, you're so hot. I think it's... Yeah. <laughs> But my favorite part was when, like, right before they kissed, he was like, every time I come out here... 
I try and remem- memorize another name for one of the Arab Emirate <laughs> countries. He's like, no, four now. And I'm like, there's only, yeah. How long does it take you to remember seven? <laughs> it's really confusing. I think maybe what they were trying to show us is that he was maybe losing his mind a little bit, mm. which is why he, <laughs> why he kept here and why he was so incoherent at the dinner when he was yeah. like, you're not like other women, but you look good. I'm sorry, but you do. Yeah. You're hot. Like this was just a train wreck. <laughs> Yeah. I wish they did bring back more of every guy she dated, like just to have them in a randomly like one scene, because they clearly just bring stuff back for like the fans. Yeah. Everyone's in Abu Dhabi, yeah, <laughs> randomly. Yeah. And Abu Dhabi. The only the other thing I wanted to bring up about Abu Dhabi is the way they get there is that Samantha is meeting the man who owns the hotel. He, Smith tells that man that she made my movie career. And, and then he says, maybe you can do the same thing for our hotel, which seems like a very different skill set. <laughs> yeah. But hey, yeah. but they had to get like, that's the other thing is like for as tone deaf as it seemed, they really seemed to think they had something. They went hard at it and yeah. they did everything to get there and make it about that. But you know what Anika and I were thinking is that they really they go to Abu Dhabi like for the wealth. I think they even say yeah. we're sick of this poverty basically of the recession. <laughs> I want to go somewhere rich. So yeah. I feel like it was such a escapist film, like those Great Depression movies where Shirley Temple's tap dancing and they were kind of like trying to make Abu Dhabi that like mm-hmm. for the American viewers. Yeah. I, I thought it I thought it was a lot deeper message they were trying to convey is like, well you think America's bad? Well go to the Middle East. Yeah, you were trying to say like, all we need is money, but look at this place with so much money, and like you wouldn't want to be a woman here. You can't have sex on a beach there. Actually, money isn't everything. Sex is everything. Yeah, the universal language. I had some moment of genuine. I don't know if it was genuine, but laughter throughout the movie where I would laugh out loud, and I think it was usually some Charlotte reaction. Yeah, I love her. Like she's so such a unique character like to be hanging out with all of them and i really appreciate that in her the moment where she was saying i don't know i don't know i don't know mm-hmm. i'm a little drunk that was like the liza minnelli finale moment like i just had no idea what was happening it really felt like <laughs> it's funny that she gets everyone together and it's like everyone like i need everyone on all hands on deck to figure out whether i should tell big that i could oh, yeah. like just don't like it's fine and she's like i'm gonna call him and like just immediately goes against like she gathered everyone up to be like you know what this is about me i need to make the decision on it um they did do that weird dog pumping dog thing. oh was not a fan that was so weird oh yeah was that the thing is is like that is just to me to bring it up so often it was kind of just poor taste like it was just really like we don't have to really have that in there for two movies and sarah jessica parker produced both movies but she was a producer (laughs) on them both so and she has great taste how did she not say she might have just gotten the credit so she can get more money i might have just negotiated Mm -hmm. that and not really done any extra work i had any power though over that i just feel like she should have been like this is not happening <laughs> i did when i saw that i pointed out to paul i was like this is like one of those moments where you can tell this movie was written by a man that and the charlotte <laughs> and the whole her is. yeah we're both it's like okay this is like they're they're losing their audience it was like 
Charlotte or also when um Samantha had like I guess gained some weight and oh, then like yeah. all of them were like what about a gut yeah. like, she she really had any like <laughs> still slim at first no, I didn't I get what they were reacting to. I like whenever she came in, it was supposed to be like this horror, like, oh my god yeah. moment. And I like, didn't notice until like yeah. the second line of someone pointing it out explicitly and I was like, Oh Well and they okay. yeah. Yeah. they hammered on it and then she goes, I mean, we would think you were gorgeous at any size. Just yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I missed the mark in just that one point and the rest of it was perfect. <laughs> two other really bad lines uh that mm-hmm. i had from the second one um when miranda is really like rushing into one of the cars at the airport and she's saying like we've got so much to do in abu dhabi and then she just screams out the window abu dhabi do <laughs> <laughs> yes. is that sorry was that a scooby-doo joke is that what does scooby say that when he, well, he says go do so scooby dooby do yeah, maybe that is yeah, probably maybe doing Abu, Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi do. It's like a mom joke moment. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. there's a moment. Oh, you know, how she's constantly trying to speak like Arabic throughout the entire film, and then when she's like so frustrated at the end, when they're like, yeah. they're like loading up their fancy suitcases into like a not good car, and they're like, no, no, stop, and she just literally goes la 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 la. Yeah, <laughs> and like, and really no one Oh my god! Oh, Arabic was painful throughout the whole thing. You should, yeah. Well, the thing is, is so I went to high school in Kuwait and know like a tiny little bit of Arabic. Mm -hmm. And she, in the very beginning, when they're on the plane on their way to Abu Mm -hmm. Dhabi, she's like, "Oh yes, I've been you know brushing up on my Arabic." Hakshima, yeah. So she's like Hakshima, like you know, Mm -hmm. and. I, that could easily be a word in Arabic. I just don't know. But then the girls are like, well, what does that mean? She's like, it means yes. But nam, which they also say later in the movie, nam is what is like, that's what, you know, that means yes in Arabic. <laughs> okay. When I search Hakshima Arabic on Google, there's like, it says it looks like there aren't any great matches for your search. <laughs> Think, and throughout, they were, when they had other characters speaking Arabic, like Arabic speak, people you would think would be Arabic speaking, it sounded... Like it was not Arabic to me. Like a lot of the words weren't. So I think they actually just did the classic Hollywood thing of making like, language. a Middle Eastern language sound like gibberish. Yeah, yeah. Which is a big problem. It was so bad. Anyways, I think there were other instances. Compared yeah, well, I did have a soccer tournament in Abu Dhabi, so I guess. Wow. Yeah, I, I can draw. And how did so how did your experience differ if it did? At all, yeah. <laughs> well, in a lot of ways. I wasn't staying in a $22,000 a night suite. But you did do karaoke? I no, <laughs> I don't remember doing karaoke. Um, that was not part of the trip either. But I can't really say that I relate to too much else in the movie. I'll be experienced. I wish I could. Oh, oh, the one thing I will think is that you guys might be able to clarify this. When they're in the souk and then the hotel, like, like concierge had told them, not oh, yeah. to shop with people who are selling those fake watches. What they said they could get arrested if they bought them, or what was the scary thing? The forbidden experience. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that they clarified <laughs> what would happen to them, which is what I thought we would find out. I thought at some point they'd yeah. do it, and then we'd find out. But they were already being kicked out of the country <laughs> at that point. Yeah, it's actually pretty low in that part. Yeah, it was like that whole. 
Sook scene at the end really just took a turn for the worst and was downhill from there. Oh. Like that Sook scene, I don't know what happened yeah. to the writers for uh, that, but the book club with that book. Like, oh yeah, they all pull out that the Samantha yeah, so yeah. Well, Samantha thought, was gonna see. screaming that she has sex in front of. It was like, oh my god, having a breakdown. I, yeah. How? Yeah. yeah. You, Her friends watch for a pretty long time before they're like, okay, this yeah. is yeah. too like, much. <laughs> Her friend is breaking down. She's like sweating profusely. In the middle, a group of men are screaming at her, and you're just like, "Ugh, Samantha." Yeah. And then like they yeah. don't step in until like a bit goes by. After she's already the one that's getting kicked out, like for kissing mm-hmm. that guy. I mean, like, I, it's just like yeah. they're way too forgiving of Samantha the whole time. Yeah. That that was the one uh, plot point I left out of the minutes was her menopause. That is a pretty. <laughs> key That's whole storyline. It was a big plot driver, I feel like. Also, it gave us the other worst line, Lawrence of My Labia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I will say, I mean, yeah, it's a bad line, but I that line she sold so well and then immediately sold how much she loves Carrie with her, like, brat. Yeah. And I know that yeah. the actresses don't get along. So I was like... Yeah. She's a hell of an actress, at the very least. The whole time I was thinking that. How well she sells the love for those girls. Oh, yeah. The show yeah. and the yeah. movie. And I don't know when this began, but I know it happened at some point, and I honestly didn't ever, I never saw, saw it. Yeah. yeah. She's great. And She's Samantha's great. love for them is super key. Yeah. yeah. You know. Is it weird to anyone that Samantha was asked to be Carrie's maid of honor? As a first pick? Yes. That well, was strange. So it was weird to Marina, but then uh, my explanation is that um, Charlotte and Miranda are married, and traditionally maid of honor is uh, someone who's not married. Oh. Otherwise, you have to say, oh. my mom was maid of honor. But traditionally, you give it the position to someone who's not married. Mm-hmm. I think because yeah. typically what is the wisdom? Like, then they will be the next one to get married, and that's all we all want anyway, so... Uh, another point I will give Sex and the City 2, I loved them in 80s garb at the beginning. Oh, I like that. That was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was a lot of fun. That was an eye-opener for me, because the night before, we'd actually, Marina and I had paused uh, oh, yeah, the we- first movie to try and figure out who met each other first, oh, and... Yeah. <laughs> We searched on Google. We were on like a Reddit forum. <laughs> yeah, people. All I had to do was put that no one... SAT two on. Yeah, well, and also what's interesting is I feel like none of these Sex in the City fans on Reddit had seen the second movie because they're all like definitely Miranda first. <laughs> yeah, they were like she met all these theories, and then cut to we watched the movie. The yeah, next it was day, and it answered it within the first five minutes. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'd always thought Miranda then uh, Samantha then Charlotte. I don't know why, but that was how I always I, thought Samantha was last. Yeah. I love that Charlotte, of course, since I'm a Charlotte. Yeah. I felt like that really made sense. And since I'm a Steve Charlotte. Yeah, that made you feel good too, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a Charlotte. Yeah. Miranda. Every, every, I mean, every, pretty much everything Charlotte does makes me feel good. She's great. Except for letting yeah. Steve yeah. talk to Miranda that night. You know? Wasn't that Samantha? It was Samantha. Mm-hmm. That, I thought that it was Samantha that ran in to get Miranda. It was Samantha Miranda. that ran in to get Miranda. Oh, is that, mm-hmm. So you don't even need to feel bad, Paul. Okay. <laughs> no, it was Samantha because of the cigars. She's and smoking cigars out with the guys. Oh, that's guys. right. Mm-hmm. Boy, in the first one, Harry is a hilarious little, like, lawn ornament that, like, <laughs> kept thinking of him as, like, the grandpa of the group. 
Because everything yeah. was like, look at how pretty she is, or oh, I feel bad for the guy. It's like the wise old man character. Yeah. That- <laughs> but Harry was a husband of the year, I will say. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. you know, through thick and thin, he's always there. He he also aged really well because he, Nike and I were commenting on how everyone aged. Some, mm-hmm. Yeah, but Charlotte did not. Charlotte and Harry did well. And, and the thing yeah. was, Harry aged well because he was already bald like so, 20 years ago. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he really, his look didn't change that I much. I think Aiden aged really well. Yeah, Aiden looked good. I thought yeah. Big looked better in two than in one. Mm-hmm. I think he made regrets about his appearance in one and That's then maybe adopted a new lifestyle for two. One looked mm-hmm. like he was wearing like a lot of makeup or like his eyebrows. Something was weird about his eyebrows. Yeah. Extra black or something. Yeah, he clearly mm-hmm. had like some makeup on his eyebrows <laughs> to darken them. <laughs> that reminded me of um, in the first movie when Big when he's like deciding whether to go and oh or not. my god, this There's moment. There's this crazy moment where he's like, "Come on, look at me! Come on, baby, yeah. just turn around, and look at me!" And then he yeah. definitely does instantly. Yeah. And then he's like, "That's still not enough." Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, oh, he didn't get to see her well, whole face. She only saw like half of her face. <laughs> <laughs> what else? The veil. The veil, the veil came oh, down. She started right. just then. The veil started to fall on over her face, and his face is just like, "Oh, yeah. like yeah. I really not." Had the same question. She was like, "What does that even mean?" And I was like, "And I go, he didn't feel enough of a connection." Yeah, he was asking for too much. I mean, she he, she didn't even yeah. know her. Well, but then but then when they drive by and he sees her full face in the limo, yeah. he goes, he gets out and goes, "I'm ready. sorry, I freaked out for a minute, but I'm ready now." Which I will also say, I remember what he did. I mean, it was bad, but I remember it being worse than it was because there's all sorts of traps that sort of make it happen that way. And then he does right, almost right away say, I'm ready. And then she freaks out. Like, I thought maybe she made the situation worse right then. Yeah. I'm wondering, I was kind of putting myself in her shoes in that moment, and I was like, what would I do? There is so much media attention and that kind of thing. I think, like, decorum would be on her mind somewhat, but, I mean, I don't know. I think it'd be really hard, hard to, to go through with a wedding after that, though. Yeah, it's like you. But they don't have to know. But they don't have to know that he. No, but she. But she knows. I'm saying for her to enjoy her own wedding would be like impossible. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because it's like okay, well, he ran, and the only reason he stayed is because he happened to pass me on the limo when he was going backwards on the one way street. I I only heard the car when they left. It continued going the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It really bothered me. behind him and said let's get moving yeah so he would have had to like just turn around and yeah uh, i don't know mm-hmm. okay. so why couldn't the oh. limo have just pulled over they should have even drawn attention to is it a one-way street or not like that's <laughs> yeah. not the point like he could have just been so <laughs> desperate and i was like turn around now and then the guy is like okay you know there's yeah. no need to explain but it's a one-way street if i turn around there's gonna be other cars coming this way and then <laughs> the limo will be going <laughs> <laughs> And this is New York, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So yeah, we we've uh, we've talked these movies up and down. I think pretty thoroughly. So I always start the pitching with this first question, which I'm kind of going to alter for this episode. But should this movie have a sequel? And perhaps the question should be: Should the series have these sequel movies? Mm, good question. Well, these specific mm. movies, or should it have a movie? Well, the, I mean, the question normally is, should the movie have a sequel? So if you're thinking the first one's good and the second one's bad, should the first one even have a second one? But 
I think maybe the problem is that these movies shouldn't exist at all. I think that they should have a movie because I think mm-hmm. it's totally possible to do a good movie since the series is so good and they just fucked it up. So, no, there shouldn't be a Sex and City movie, too, but there should be a movie. Okay. Or there can be. I'm mm-hmm. fine with it. I like the idea that it released four years after the series ended, because then it's kind of a fun fan thing of just like, oh, we get to see where they are now. So I think just for that, it's like, sure, that'd be fun to do a movie. Mm-hmm. We don't need two, probably. Um or three, like they planned, I guess. <laughs> I I think I agree. I think I would probably have preferred it, honestly, if they just kept it with the show. Because I feel like they really had the writing and, like, storylines for that amount of time down. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were doing that really well. I think at the point that they made the first one, they should have a second one. Because I didn't think the first one was very good. <laughs> now, the problem the second one and I thought that was worse yeah. so I'm- I have a similar I agree with you because I thought the first one wasn't great when I first watched it then I yeah. watched the second one and the second one made the first one look like an Oscar winner mm. <laughs> um, the thing is is from an actor's perspective watching the second one I was like good for you guys like just keep making these yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I felt too and nothing all in the thick third fourth and fifth yeah. I, that's what I would have wanted if I had been in that because I was they already ruined the movie like you can kind of at that point be like the show was great all the movies were bad we could they make a lot of money though so we'll just keep making them well which I think does make sense that Kim Cattrall didn't want to come back and the rest did because probably to the rest of them were like let's just make these because it's fun because we're with our friends right. making this and Kim Cattrall like, I'm actually with my enemies yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true so I do get it all of them gave 100%. Like, when you look at bad sequels, a lot of the time what you're seeing is actors that didn't even want to come back, phoning it in or being in it just a little bit, whereas these people, st- everybody's still at the top of their game. I think the the best way to describe it, so my our mom was coming in and out as we were watching the second one today, and, um, and there's the scene where Miranda and Charlotte are talking about motherhood. And Charlotte's saying, like, I feel like I'm failing all uh, at everything. And then Miranda's like, no, you're not failing. You're not failing. And then my mom just said, the writers are. Your mom goes, being a mom is so easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I'll, I'm going to go first with my pitch. Because I'm, I don't know, I'm just a little worried that just... It's just not going to go that well. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> uh, okay. Attention must be paid. Where I was coming from with my pitch was trying to think of the first one as a movie in its own right, and, which is mm-hmm. I really tried, and it's Meaning pretty. The series doesn't exist. Yeah, like or thinking of it like if, as if this movie existed and the series never did. Impossible. It's impossible. impossible. It, they don't even try to make that work, but. What I did I mean, they had to play clips from the show at the beginning and like the weird credits sequence, which is like I was so confused by those graphics of like <laughs> the way they portray Miranda in the opening of the first movie is as if her storyline was yeah. just that she was dating this guy and then got pregnant, so she got married to him. Right, uh, and they didn't even mention she was a lawyer. They didn't mention anything about their relationship. I, I wish we saw any of her work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Well, let's hear your pitch. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. So Charlotte and Harry have bought a cabin in Vermont. And Carrie, Big, Miranda, Steve, Brady, 
Anthony, Stanford, and Samantha, so all the family, you know, are mm -hmm. set to come stay there on a, a week-long getaway. Charlotte is particularly excited to unveil her karaoke machine. And I want a scene of her rehearsing a duet with Harry, but being like disappointed in his performance. Like, come on, you gotta, honey, we're supposed to, you practice, you know, or whatever. Carrie and Big remain happily married, but it seems to be affecting Carrie's writing negatively. Kind of hinted at in the second one, but yeah, more like specific that. So, on the precipice of the getaway, her publisher calls her into a conference in which they discuss the poor performance of her last book. In the course of the conversation, the publisher references a rising star columnist in Chicago whose work is as cutting edge as Carrie's used to be. Turns out it's Louise, the former student, <laughs> has gotten divorced and now writes a column called The Saint of Single. <laughs> um, Carrie. Wow. Uh, sensed and puts off leaving for Vermont to fly to Chicago and confront Louise. I, I want there to be a sequence when she gets there, like mimicking the opening credits of Sex in the City, where it's like she gets splashed by a bus, but on the bus is Louise uh, for her <laughs> oh, I like that. That is very good. Um, Samantha, who's not looking forward to the family ridden cabin trip anyway, meets Carrie there for backup. After getting there, it doesn't take Carrie long to realize that Louise isn't the isn't in the wrong and that it's all kind of stemming from her own insecurity of losing relevance. But she's made to feel better by falling in with Louise's own group of fabulous girlfriends who help both she and Samantha sort of relive their younger days. And I'm thinking maybe there's like a subplot where there's a single guy who likes Carrie and, you know, there's some flirtation there and some temptation uh, as well. Uh, meanwhile, Big, Steve, and Harry are trying to maintain a nice time at the cabin. Charlotte and Miranda are becoming more and more upset. Uh, and Miranda specifically because this is this could almost be considered like a legal issue, and so she's upset that Carrie didn't ask for her backup. So once they put it off long enough, the girls make a plan and fly to Chicago to confront Carrie and Samantha specifically, and the men stay back with the kids. Miranda forgives Carrie easily enough because Carrie's whole point is that, like, I knew I didn't have a leg to stand on type of thing. But Charlotte is really, really hurt. The only thing that can soothe Wait, why her... Why is she hurt? Because they didn't come to her cabin. They they oh. they, they nixed the trip. Okay. Uh, the only thing that can soothe her is a trip out to an open mic venue where she's able to perform her rehearsed duet with Louise <laughs> and they bring the house down. With then Jennifer Hudson. Yeah, Jennifer and Hudson and, and Charlotte. <laughs> um, and then, you know, they they go to the cabin in Vermont. They all enjoy themselves. And in the end, uh, we learn that the narration that we've been hearing Carrie give is a foreword that she's written for Louise's newly released book, When Your New York Minute Ends. And okay. the title of this movie is Sex and the Windy City. Oh. That's so, good. Oh, that was excellent. So that was more about legitimizing the first movie than, than anything else. <laughs> well, I, would, I would rather have seen that movie any day. Yeah. yeah. I would watch that, but I don't like Miranda and Charlotte being mad at Carrie and Samantha, or them even being separated for that long in the... Okay, that's, that's fair. I like the guys being together and having their own group of girls, basically. Very I, love, I love the idea of Chicago 
and sort of the imagery there that we would see. <laughs> yeah, because well, I also from, from St. Song, Louis to Chicago. Songs we hear, the, street, the street style we'd see. Yeah. It's unique to Chicago that we all know. Mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks. Good. Thanks. Thanks for your time, guys. <laughs> Marina and I did a, a joint pitch a joint. just because we watched we're, them together. We're, a writer, as well. we're like a writer duo. Do you want to go next? next? We could go next. Sure. Do you want to uh, take turns reading? Them? Or maybe you read it and I can fill in blanks. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Really, I just, I just wanted to talk a little. As the girls try to find their footing during the Great Recession, they decide to get their fortunes told in Chinatown. Ominous readings leave them questioning how long they'll stay in the Big Apple. A scary medical diagnosis for Charlotte's daughter brings the Goldenblatts to Palo Alto for Stanford's Children's Hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Secretly beginning to fear growing old alone, Samantha pursues a past love in San Francisco. With big in a big in big financial trouble, Carrie is forced to get a full time job. Dun 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 dun. (laughs) She finally out west, but struggles with her new boss. Miranda flies out to help Carrie and Charlotte adjust to the West Coast, but she finds her own reason to stay. Swap those cosmos for some Pinot and enjoy the ride. XOXO, <laughs> 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 Gossip Girl. <laughs> yeah. So we have a lot to tell you guys in Mongo. We yeah. have a lot more details. Okay. Yeah. So the idea was... I felt like maybe we needed to get out of New York City to like switch things up. I think Paul, you must have felt the same way because of Chicago. <laughs> um, and so we were we were really trying to bring everyone, like, have everyone have their own storyline for why they had to go out there. Um, so Samantha, I think, because obviously, like, this whole time she like we haven't thought of her as someone who would get married, but like the fortune that she gets, like, has to like kind of plays into her fears of growing old alone. And so we think she'll end up pursuing Richard. The big hotel man. Yeah. Who is like out in San Francisco making like millions on developing. Billions. Billions. Sorry. Um, Like developing hotels in San Francisco or something. Um, And then obviously with the recession, big like loses his job, loses everything in the stock market. And it's like sell their depressed and like Carrie has to just like pull pull them together financially um and so she can't find a job in New York because the job market is so bad and the stress is also preventing her from like writing anything good so Samantha out of pity like or like trying to help her out gives her a job as like her assistant like PR because like (laughs) right um but then the problem is they really clash as like a boss sure. important thing. Mm-hmm. And so that is like a whole reason that Miranda ends up having to fly out to kind of calm things down. And then during, during that she and Carrie go out to Napa for a day, like drinking wine and like mm-hmm. c- reconnecting and figuring out how to solve this whole problem. And then Miranda finds a foreclosed vineyard and realizes that this would be a great opportunity for Steve to transfer his knowledge of <laughs> to uh, so she invests. They buy this huge, beautiful vineyard for like two hundred grand oh, yeah. in Napa. Sell their Brooklyn house at a very horrible price. At a horrible price, but still, <laughs> they still made money because they bought in Brooklyn at such a great time in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Able to ride that wave. So then they they reinvest in Napa and they start to maybe mm-hmm. build, you know, like a little stone cottage. And like Steve finally has like the ambition or whatever. Like he yeah. loves it. Yeah. Like she always 
have. Yeah. And uh, and then Rose is fine too. Mm-hmm. Like the guy. Oh, oh, oh we, yeah. Oh, this we whole. Yeah. Yeah. So Charlotte. Yeah, the baby. So Charlotte. Yeah. Has yeah. Diagnosis. So she has to go to uh, Stanford's medical. Home. And so one of the things is my thought is like you know how Charlotte so quickly wanted to convert to Judaism. Mm-hmm. My thought is after getting the fortune her fortune told and like having it almost seemingly come true, she'll start getting really superstitious and like starting to like really want to get into kind of mysticism. And so she finds like not only is Stanford Stanford's children has like a good hospital, so like Harry will get on board with it, but there's also like a doctor who's kind of like more Eastern, like not medicine. Western medicine. Yeah, they, so- <laughs> the doctor really appeals to that side of Charlotte, and she decides that the only way she can save her daughter is if they go to that doctor at Stanford. I basically like the idea of, of Charlotte learning to like tell fortunes and like having a lot of crystals here around her, mm-hmm. and like yeah. maybe doing like shrooms with some hippies in Berkeley to like yeah, try and find. The- yeah, yeah, California, like Birkenstocks yeah. and all that jazz the ending for hours i don't know exactly how it's gonna end but when you cut to credits immediately you're gonna hear tony bennett singing i left my heart in san francisco yeah. because so we forgot to kind of play up that but it really is yeah. a love letter to the city of san francisco oh great oh, nice. nice yeah and, and yeah. if i could suggest maybe it, it becomes sort of remixed with the original <laughs> theme song yeah i think that's a good idea I think that covers it. Do you have a title? We might have to get back to you on that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we didn't. We'll think it over. Sex in Wine Country? Sex in the Wine Country. Well, that was awesome. And I think that what you really nailed, I mean, you nailed everything, but what you nailed that I totally missed was the luxury. These movies really do, well, and the show, it has to be uh, wrapped in a really fine material. Yeah, I love Steve getting to really finally step up. Great. Excellent work. Thank you. Well, mine is not as um, written out because it's all up in my head. (laughs) And I have one vivid scene and the rest, nothing. Um, But I could sort of improvise it if if that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Come on. I told tell. Close in on. You hear the classic music, right? And you see two feet walking down the hallway wearing vintage Manolos. And you think, I know who this is. And walking down the hall, where is she going? She's walking so fast, but the shoes are gorgeous. Slowly we pan up, revealing just this gorgeous sort of making like a chic gaucho pant. Imagine that. <laughs> and then like a mesh top that doesn't seem to go and just a chain. And it's Carrie uh, walking down a hallway. But she doesn't look as carefree as before. She looks concerned in a new way that we haven't seen before. So we're like, where is she going? Where is she going? She goes, sits down, picks up a phone. She's in a jail. <laughs> She's talking to Big. Because guess what? In this movie, also financial white collar fraud Whoa. that they committed. Yeah, Whoa. and so then we see. I mean, sh- she's still looking good, even though she's coming to this thing, and she's still kind of wisecracking with him. You know, he apparently committed some sort of white collar fraud that we're not sure about. He <laughs> believes it's due to his crooked. Uh, business partners, but we don't know. Hmm. We don't know what it is. So this sets off Carrie, who still has faith in Big somehow, 
um, to <laughs> to work with the legal team to get him out of jail, which means Hewan Miranda. Oh yeah. Um, like a voiceover of Carrie saying something like, "This wasn't the only orange problem I was dealing with." He's wearing an orange jumpsuit, like jail. And then it cuts to Miranda maybe looking at her roots, you know, like trying to dye her oh, hair. Nice. And, then, oh, that's nice. <laughs> and that was off the top of my head. You can imagine that. So then we see a little bit of Miranda's work life and what kind of lawyer she is finally. And this ties into Charlotte's storyline, which Charlotte is still doing her art gallery work. Somehow tie into she has a mysterious buyer who buys a like a really expensive piece but it looks fraudulent and this somehow ties into big's fraudulent dealings somehow that'll reveal that big is actually guilty in the end whoa and then samantha's storyline is just that so samantha as a pr mogul has to deal with like the online but so she's managing her prs but really it's her trying to navigate internet culture and also her getting catfished and being like so offended by oh Nice. So, yeah. oh, that's right. I hate it. the storyline, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Midway through, they just leave the main plot and they go to the Swiss Alps for a ski trip. And the only reason for that is I want to see what the fashion directors will do with ski clothing. Oh, yeah. I want to see like, a high fashion version of really bulky winter clothes. That's great. And Carrie ends up being big. You know what? The nice. whole fraudulent art dealer thing is making me get major um, heist film vibes from this. Yes. I feel like that would be great. Texas has always been missing. Yes. <laughs> I, and one nod, I don't know if you're aware of this, but a nod that's in it that I really like is that Chris Noth, uh, who plays Big, he plays the husband on the show The Good Wife who's in jail for financial crimes, and the premise of that show is that the good that. wife has to put on a good face <laughs> and, like, Whoa. you know, yeah. So wow. he, no, yeah. I had no idea. He just gives off white-collar fraud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has a face that you can't trust, yeah. but yeah. it's a wealthy group. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Well, I like that. So, yeah. 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 I think mine will be, like, sex, question mark, <laughs> in the city. Like, because there's not a lot of, it's mainly uh, a movie, a woman working independently, and the only person close to sex is getting catfish, so. All right, well, I will go, I have mine written down. That's just really something I'm working on. I'll start with my title, Sex in the City, the movie to colon the TV show. And that'll yeah, make sense that when sense. I get to it. So. Ooh. The women of Sex and the City are back, and this time Carrie is working on her biggest writing assignment yet, a TV show about love, sex, and friendship in New York City in your 30s. So Carrie's writing a show that's uh, essentially about all these iconic moments from the TV show that will, that will help us relive those. And it says, while working on the show, Carrie reflects on how she went through so much heartbreak and confusion, and all this time she thought it was worth it because it led her to big. But now, watching it back, she realizes that big is not really the prize, and actually what makes it worth it is that she learned that she's enough on her own. And big is just a bonus that she gets. And so she tells this revelation to big, and he's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to focus on the stock market. <laughs> <laughs> and so Carrie's like, why does it even bother me still that he won't listen to me? 
And so her friends are all like, well, he should listen to you. And, but also, yeah, why haven't you learned anything? And so her thing in the movie is sort of figuring out what she actually wants in a relationship um, and realizing also that she truly has made very little progress in all these years. Okay, meanwhile, with the movie, Smith Jared is back and he's been cast as Stanford. So in order to prepare, he gets to like his storyline is he explores the New York City like gay scene with Stanford and Anthony. And that's just like a fun little side thing happening. And even though in the first movie, Steve and Miranda did decide to work it out. They met on the bridge, as we all saw. Um, They realized that they really aren't fully happy in the relationship. And by the time my movie starts, they're already divorced. So bye. (laughs) Bye, Steve. This does not bode well. As someone who is fully a Miranda, who is dating someone who is fully a Steve. (laughs) Okay, well, hang on, hang on. Because now the actress that's playing Miranda's character in Carrie's TV show, that actress is a lesbian in real life or in the real life of this movie and seeing that helps Miranda feel comfortable admitting that she's always been attracted to women too and is actually bisexual. And so in the movie, she's dating men and women throughout the whole movie and she's not really ending up with anyone in particular, but like this helps give us those classic vibes of the TV show, watching them date a bunch of people. And Samantha is always trying to give her advice because she thinks she knows everything about dating women because she dated that one woman. And, okay, also Samantha's storyline is that she keeps hooking up with all the actors that are playing all the guys on the TV show. (laughs) So all the other women are like, stop hooking up with all the younger, better-looking versions of all our exes. And that'll just be fun get to see Samantha with, like, someone who looks like Aiden or looks like Big, all of them. And then for Charlotte, her daughter Lily, uh, from being on set of the TV show, decides she wants to be an actress. So Charlotte starts looking into this, but then she realizes how toxic being a child actor is. And so she teams up with another child actor's mom, played by Reese Witherspoon, um, to fight for like better uh, like mental health support for child actors and shorter working hours and like just better conditions overall. And then um, there's a brief like meta moment when Carrie's show debuts and it's just met with a ton of backlash for like its portrayal of gay men and transgender people and lack of diversity <laughs> and <laughs> all these real problems with the TV show. Yeah. And so it gets canceled immediately. But the saving grace is that Big watched the show and then watching it back, he realizes that he's actually kind of a jerk to Carrie sometimes <laughs> and he wants to be a better guy. And so Carrie's like, yay. And so that's, that. that's Sex in the City, the movie to Colin, the TV show. It being about the show it gives a finality to it it's all it's like the series finale again like this is our curtain call mm-hmm. wow that is good. excellent well thank you again yeah. okay so normally what i would do here is put these each up for voting or would you rather just me go one by one and you each say your favorite and we'll see what happens how about i'll say we could say which part of each pitch we love the most yeah yeah, we okay. can do that too. Okay. Yeah. I feel like overall they're pretty equal for me. Okay. Yeah, they're okay. all they're all solid. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. I would have to say that my favorite is the Untitled Miller Project. Okay, uh, trying to get a fight with me. What you liked? What you liked about what everyone said? Yeah. <laughs> like, I like the Miller. Well, my favorite part. <laughs> uh, my favorite parts about theirs was the whole thing. And uh, <laughs> it's a rags to riches story. 
because you don't yeah. never see them without money. So it would be nice yeah. to start take away their money. And then of course you want to see them be rich. <laughs> so they get it. You know, it's about them getting it back. <laughs> yeah. To get there. Yeah. yeah. My absolute, I liked a lot of your picture, Leah. My absolute favorite part of it was probably Samantha getting catfished. Just because of, I really loved the legal stuff and the reveal at the beginning of Big being in prison got me the most. But in terms of like storylines, as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, I wish that was an episode. The Samantha yeah. thing was just like hit me. But I do also like about yours is that the drama is turned up to a movie, to a cinematic point. Um, and then <laughs> what I liked most about yours was also the whole thing. I liked the whole thing, but what surprised me the most and the thing that seemed the most refreshing was Smith getting a subplot that paired in with Stanford and Anthony. That sounded like a ton of fun that I just wouldn't expect to get. So Thank I really you. liked that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, oh, who wants to go next? <laughs> Paul, I think the thing I liked the most about yours was that I, I would love to see the scenes with all the guys and like the kids. Yes. And I would just, I feel like there's a lot of like good moments for like some comedic relief uh so i think i would i would really like to see that i all kim but i also love bringing in reese witherspoon and also because like, i feel like it's so often we have reese witherspoon would have, like, we, i feel like yours really has a movie feel to it like with the whole heist thing and like the mystery of whether or not he's guilty um i think i would really like to see miranda have like you like you were saying like show her in action because like she's obviously like we we know through the show and everything that she's a great lawyer. Like she's already made, I think partner. Um, so it's like, but then we never see it. So I feel like this would be a good opportunity for her to kind of like shine professionally. Paul, I love the idea of a Jennifer Hudson, Charlotte duet. Oh yeah. And I'm, too. and I, for some reason, as soon as you said that, I was like, it, well, it's gotta be ain't no mountain high enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But I was like, what, what, even when you said that she was rehearsing it with Harry, I was like, it's probably gonna be <laughs> and then I would watch that movie and I would be But just, only only if it were only no mountain. <laughs> only if that's only if that was the karaoke. It fits right in because I think Charlotte would be doing the lead, like the ain't no mountain higher and then Jennifer Hudson's going, Oh no in the background. I, um yeah, I like I said, I love the heist aspect of it. I already talked about that. What I really see with yours is like this sort of like a darker side of mm -hmm. Sex and the City of all these characters, which mm -hmm. I love. And I feel like I totally picture a really moody director like Gus Vincent or um, <laughs> Timber. even Christopher Nolan. <laughs> so the picture this with, with a Christopher Nolan Sex and the City sequel, oh. I think he would probably take the job. I think he would consider it. <laughs> Finally, he'd make a good movie. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. And then, Kim, it's so funny that you said that you saw Charlotte daughter wanting to be an actor because i and anika can attest to this yes. i had originally pitched like the idea of charlotte becoming a stage mom oh, and yeah. really into this whole hollywood thing so i have to say that that part definitely spoke to me the most and i always love hollywood's portrayal of hollywood yeah so whenever hollywood in a movie or a show i love that so i think that was also a great part of it kim i really also love the sort of meta-ness and sort of the idea of the creators of Sex in the City 
using the movie as a vehicle to fix everything they've done wrong over yeah. 94 episodes as if it's just like clean slate yeah. now it's like ah, that's, this is that was the point all along as we built up to this movie to point out how wrong we were or like i think that's excellent um the millers i love the darkness of going of having the sick child like a very <laughs> storyline into like let's remodel this winery um i like that <laughs> dichotomy um and then paul i was also going to say bringing back saint louise and uh having her elevated to like the star of um the movie and like the hit columnist and i like carrie not being the star but i like really pushing those limits of really not making her like the it girl and seeing yeah. how she would react to that genuinely overall i love all of them i'll green light all of them yeah. <laughs> So Paul's my favorite part is the picture you painted of um, Carrie getting splashed by the bus that has Jennifer Hudson. <laughs> really, that's what sold it to me. Yeah, that <laughs> feels like really um, just an excellent moment in cinema history. <laughs> <laughs> With the Millers, uh, <laughs> which I love calling you as if that's what you always go by. We've never. <laughs> You as the Millers. I really love, um, as I've already said, Steve getting into the vineyard. It's part of him. It's always, it's always sort of thing where it's like always just a bartender, and for him to finally earn some respect would be really just incredible and and much needed after that first movie where he all he does is respect. Yeah. <laughs> from all of us. Yeah. With Aaliyah, um, what I love is what. I imagine the snow fashion to be. <laughs> I really love that that you added that touch. Uh, I think that's all of them. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was all of them. Yeah, right. I think I'm just gonna go ahead and say to hell with format of the show and just not declare a winner this time. And there, in the same city where they met as girls, four New York women entered the next phase of their lives. Because you guys have shown me a kinder, gentler, better way. And also, all of these were better than two. Paul, if you, you, like, you didn't like ours as much as the second movie, I would <laughs> feel pretty, <laughs> pretty upset. I seriously question your taste. Yeah. First and okay, foremost. But Miley's cameo, guys. <laughs> oh, God, we talk about Miley's cameo. <laughs> and Miley's a girl's girl. She's a girl's girl. Samantha... Come over here, girl. Yeah. I don't understand why they all acted like that resolved it, too. They're like, oh, okay, it's just a Hollywood moment. Yeah. I think they were like, it's going to be a showdown. And then it's like, actually, women can support women. <laughs> 15-year-old women can pose with 50-year-old women. Yeah. 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 I did like the uh, cameo factor in two. It may, it's, because, because there was so much of it up front, I wish it would have been in one. Because like every time I saw someone, I was a little bit excited. Yeah, you it's know? funny the idea that all these celebrities watched the first movie and they're like, I've got to be in the sequel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, thank you guys for doing this. This was a, a, a blast, despite it being five hours of movie to watch. <laughs> I want all of these films written yeah. as sequels. Guys, maybe we should make this like a variety show, like a theater thing. <laughs> we can all play no. Oh yeah, you know Paul will play all the men in the in the TV show. Oh yeah, well we can in terms play... of how much screen time they get, that would be I mean, fine. If it's theater, yeah. some of us can yeah. play the men too. I think any one of us could fall with Jared. Well, uh, is there anything anybody wants to plug before we uh, wrap it up? 
Maybe the original <laughs> Sex and the City series. Oh, sure. If if someone has not watched all 90 plus episodes to watch those before diving into the movies. Yeah, with the warning the that the first season's not as good. Oh, yeah. And that there's a lot of problematic stuff throughout the entire series, but uh, fun nonetheless. Um, oh, wear a mask. And stay at Six, home if you can. Stay at home. All right, well, I mean, thanks again. Um, thanks for listening, and everybody say their own version of a goodbye. Bye. Bye. Ciao. Bye. Oh, very nice. That was Wait, very nice. Did you get my chow? Did you get my chow? Oh no! I said chow. Okay, okay. I like Marina got all the attention. Um, no, I'm glad you repeated it. That was it was important <laughs> to note. On the next follow-up showdown, the movie we're talking about today is 1996's. Twister with my BFF from college, Dustin Weisskopf. This is the only film that the MPAA gave a rating of PG-13 for, and I quote, intense depiction of very bad weather. Yes. <laughs>